Blog Talk Radio. Here's Galchenyuk, Dantanir scores! And now it's Gallagher. Gallagher stepping in there, shoots, scores! Alex Galchenyuk up for the drop, look at he's in alone, waiting, scores! This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net with your host, Chris G. All right, hi everybody, welcome to episode 194 of the Habs 360 Podcast. My name is Chris G, and you can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. We are Saturday, January 14, 2017, and well, the Montreal Canadiens, since our last episode... They went two and two. It was uh, they won as many games as they lost. But let's be honest, the first game that they, that they won this week was against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and does that even count? It's the thirteenth time in a row the Canadians beat the uh, Toronto, and then the Canadians lost to the Capitals by a score seven one. Then they beat the Jets in Winnipeg by a score of seven to four, and they lost to the Minnesota Wild seven to one. In terms of the standings, Canadians are third place in the Eastern Conference with a record of 26-11-6, and 58 points. They trail the Washington Capitals and the Columbus Blue Jackets. And while they have a comfortable lead in the Atlantic Division, they have a nine-point cushion over the Boston Bruins. But we can't forget the Ottawa Senators have three games in hand over the Montreal Canadiens. And they have five games in hand over the Boston Bruins. So that's, that's kind of crazy. And that, I guess that means a hectic schedule coming up for the uh, Senators from now until the end of the season. Our question of the day, Canadians have played, they're pretty much at the uh, halfway mark of the season. So we're asking you which Habs players have surprised you and disappointed you so far in the season. You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360, and you can leave us your comments on the All Habs Facebook page, and our phone lines will be open for that question or anything Montreal Canadiens related in the third segment. And when it comes to your tweets, it could be anything related to the Montreal Canadiens. And we also have a poll question on the Habs360 Twitter account. Are you concerned about Carey Price's recent performance? The answers, the choices are simple, either yes or no. So we're going to touch upon that in a couple of minutes, and we'll look at the poll results later on today's episode. Joining me now, editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites, back from on the road and back in the Half 360 studio. Rick, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Glad to be back off the road and, and glad to be here with you today. And also the Canadians got some good news uh, when it comes to, in their practice, 
Uh, this morning it was announced that Asgal Kanyak and Andrew Shaw will make their debut, uh, the return, I should say, against the Rangers tonight at the Bell Center. So we're going to talk about that later, but let's get today's episode started. And now it's time for this week's Winners and Losers on Hams 360. Segment where myself and Rick, we choose a winner, we choose a loser from the last week for the last seven days for the Montreal Canadiens. And then while we discuss and we share our opinions, this is the most popular segment in all of podcasts. And, well, this is one of the reasons why Habs 360 is the most interactive and informative podcast that you'll find. So, Rick, this week we'll begin with uh, the losers. So why don't you tell us who your loser of the week is? Sure. I I think that uh, for me, there was, uh, this was an easy one. Sometimes we go back and forth. Sometimes we debate. Sometimes we can't find a loser. Sometimes we have lots of loser. This week, there was no one uh, who stood head and shoulders above everybody else more than Nathan Beaulieu. Nathan Beaulieu was supposed to be, according to a lot of fans and media, was supposed to be um, the the heir apparent to that first pairing uh, alongside of of Shea Weber. Remember all the narratives out there? Shea Weber's slow. He can't move the puck. He needs a puck mover beside him. And who's the best puck mover that the Canadians have? Andre Markov's too slow. Alexei Emelin should be traded. He's a he's worthless puck garbage. He's an extra piece. Nathan there because he moves a puck. He's he's dynamic. He's young. He's exciting. And he's absolutely horrendous at defending. Uh, he's let's be honest. He's 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 always been been pretty poor at reading the opposition as they come into the zone. I, I mean, it's just, he's not, uh, when they say, uh, you know, hockey sense and high hockey IQ, you're not talking about Nathan Beaulieu. Um, he's, he, he doesn't make good decisions in his own end. He doesn't read, he, he doesn't anticipate very well how the play is going to develop. But this last week with, with injuries forcing him to play the second pairing, not the first as people wanted, but up from the third to the second with Jeff Petrie, Nathan Beaulieu has been lost, completely lost, unbelievably lost. Um, Standing watching, uh, he was, I believe it was four goals um, in the, uh, in the Winnipeg game. Um, You know, that second pairing for the most part, all season, you know, Andre Markov's having another solid season. Um, Jeff Petrie looked to be getting to be the Jeff Petrie uh, that we we you know were promised when he was acquired and had been was even on a, a bit of a streak with his offense as well. That pairing was was solid. The first pairing was solid uh, with with Emelin and Weber. Um, since Markov's injury, things have taken a huge nosedive, um, and much of it. I know there's there's questions on the on the third pairing, and there's been some rotation there. Um, but say what you want about Ryan Johnson, Zach Redman, whoever. 
the the person who is the player who's playing the worst in their own end right now is Nathan Beaulieu. Um, he's completely lost, and, and Andre Markov can't return soon enough. Um, and, you know, I, I don't say this with any great joy, but I, I think he needs to get back on that third pairing. I need think he needs to uh, – I think he needs to do his homework. I think that's that's always been the knock on – Nathan Beaulieu, bit of a party guy, I'm proud of it, and uh, you know, uh, great skater, does amazing things on the ice, but not willing to put in the hours, watching the video, um, mentally learning the game, and it's really hurting him right now, as uh, he's a complete disaster this past week. Uh, I'll agree with you that uh, Nathan Beaulieu did have a, a bad week, and I even take it to the point where I would add Jeff Petrie in it as well. That whole that, that pairing hasn't hasn't looked good this week. Where was it? Was it the game against the Capitals? Where uh, oh, it must be? Yeah, I was a Capitals because we just went around Jeff Petrie like he was uh, a cone on the street here in the city of Montreal. But definitely uh, since Bully came back from his injury in the beginning, I thought he. He was playing better. He was getting better. He was getting better. But then this last week, uh, especially this last week, is when his play has gone down. But I'm not going to go to the point, Rick, where you said where I uh, that you know he might be even worse than Johnson. Uh, I'm not going to, to that point. I still think that Bouvier is an upgrade to uh, Johnson. And when Markov is he going to is he going to come back? We heard also today in practice that uh, Markov stopped the uh, on ice. Uh, uh, recovery of the skating. So is that a setback? They said no. It's just he's hit a plateau, so he just needs more time. But definitely when Markov does come back, I think Boyer will go back to his, um, at least where he belongs right now, which is in the third pairing. Not sure if it's confidence that he needs. Is it just more uh, to develop more in his defensive aspect? But there's still definitely some work to be done for Nathan Boyer. So I think it's a, a well-deserved uh, nomination for for Nathan Bullier. Uh I'm going to go with my selection right now, and it's been what well, I think this is season number two that we have the winners and the losers of the week. And while I never thought this person would be on uh, my loser list, but I gotta be fair. I think this week he, he does deserve to be on it. And that's much off named goaltender Carey Price. I still can't believe I just said that sentence. But in his three starts this week, he he's allowed 14 goals, a save percentage of 8.59. So that's those aren't good stats when it comes to goaltender. 8.59. That's um, that's aren't irrational numbers. So that's not good. Last year. Uh, Michael, when Michael Condon was in goal, he had, in terms of stats, better weeks than Price did this week. And we were throwing him under the bus for Tom that he needs to play better. So I think that um, Carey Price, unfortunately, this week does deserve to be a, uh, on the list for loser of the week. And well, the coach, Michel Therrien, was asked after the game against the Wild, where Carey Price had seven goals, if he was concerned about uh, Carey Price. 
There's some concern Kerry's given up three or more goals now in the six of the last seven games. Is that you know what? That's the least of my concern. So it's the least of his concerns for the coach, but I, I disagree with the coach. He should be concerned. I'm not sure if you're able to hear uh, the, the question was asked by Pat Aiki, but he mentioned that Kerry Price has allowed at least three goals in six out of his seven last starts. And during those seven starts, he has a record of 2-3-2 two, and two, with a 366 goals against average and an 881 save percentage. So I'm not here. In the social media this week, it, the, the price hitters did come out. We heard, uh, we, we read some signs saying, that, you know, price should be traded. He's overrated. He's this. He's that, etc. But I'm not going, I'm not even going there. I don't think Terry Price should be traded from the Canadians. He is the best goaltender in the world, but he's just in a slump uh, right now. Rick, what are your thoughts? Okay, get your your finger ready on the record button because okay. I'm going to agree with Michelle Terrian. Wow. Michelle Terrian is correct. Carey Price, uh, it, the, the Canadians, there's, there's lots of the concerns with the Canadians. Carey Price is the least, um, least of, of Terrian's concern and least of mine. Um, I mean, if, if you just, we can we can look at at all the games um and 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 those those uh six games or whatever it was that Pat Hickey wants to focus on but just just look at the one against uh Winnipeg um for soft none zero if you look at them if you them if you played them none of them none of them there was there was a couple of redirections. There was a couple of perfect shots. The perfect shots happen. Eric Stahl's shot was perfect, perfect. Um, power play goals. Uh, Canadians are awful on the power uh, on on the um, penalty kill. They're terrible. Twenty third in the league. Um, as I said, uh, the defense has been shoddy. Um, Four of the seven goals, Nathan Bolt was on, our, our, our other loser of the week. So, you know, if, if you say the, Canadian, the, the Canadians, gee, they're playing solid, but every time Carey Price gives up three, four, off goal, that's not happening. Uh, defense has been awful. Penalty goal has been awful. Um, how's the offense been when they haven't played against a bad goalie? Uh, the two wins against Toronto this week were because of playing against really poor, poor, poor goaltending. You want to, you want to talk about poor goaltending, look at, at Winnipeg and Toronto. Um, so the offense is having trouble generating scoring chances when they're not playing against a sieve on the other end. Um, how's the number one center playing defensively? Worst on the team. 332nd in the league. Exactly the, Deneau's defensive play is exactly the same as Zach Cassian's, if, if, if you want to believe that. It's true. Um, what has the coach done to fix any of these problems? I, I don't know. So why are we talking about Kerry Christ? Um, as I said, I'm going to agree with Tarion. 
um, least of the problems. Carey Price, his, his five, on, uh, five on five save percentage is 938. That's the same as Dubnik, Crawford, Holtby. Um, if you look at his goals above average, which I think is the most, uh, the best indicator of how a goaltender is playing, uh, Price is in the top five with Dubnik, Holtby, uh, Bobrovsky. Um, there's nothing wrong with Carey Price. I think I think we have to focus on all of these other big big deal uh, problems, and um, I, I think then you'll see uh, Carey Price, his record or day percentage or what, whatever you want to focus on, those will start improving as well. I still can't get over the fact that you agreed with uh, with Michelle Terry, <laughs> so that kind of uh, threw me a curveball on on that one. But at, you didn't at, hear anything else after after what I said after I agreed with him, right? Yeah, that was my that was what I thought. making some save that you're saying wow, uh, even guys. So there you go. So wow is what I thought when I when I heard that. But at one point when. And I'm specifically talking about, you know, like this week. And even if you look at his last, uh, what is it, his, his seven starts, two, three, and two, with an 881 save percentage. In the game against Minnesota Wild, you are just talking about, okay, like I agree that Eric Stahl goal was a perfect shot. Probably none of the goalies would have, uh, would have stopped that one. But seven goals on 24 shots, that's not the carry price that um, – that makes the big. Uh, he, he used to make the big saves. That's the Carey Price that we're used. To. Maybe we're we're spoiled. Maybe we're used to getting that from Carey Price. But that's what our expectations is. And I just think he's in a slump. There's a lot of talk that maybe he's injured or this and that. Like I'm not ready to go there. I don't think he he is injured. Like, but obviously we don't know. Like we didn't know about Max Pacioretty until uh, later on that he was injured. Maybe we'll find out at the end of the season or the month or whatever that Carey Price maybe is injured, but for now we'll assume that he's not because they haven't told us that um, that he is. So I just think it is a, a point to uh, to be concerned about. And we got a tweet from, uh, from Rick, who's listening, and he writes, Chris, before panicking on Price, check out his stats every December January. So I haven't looked at them, but Rick, I'm assuming that his stats aren't too good in those uh, in those two months. But overall, the Canadians that's how they roll every December and January. That uh, usually they don't uh, do uh, pretty pretty good. Yeah, his his stats historically they take a dip in, in if you call uh, December and January kind of the the mid midpoint. Um, actually, there is a dip, and then uh, February and March they 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 uh, ramp up. Um, uh, you know that he's in a low. If 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 you want to go there, fine. Uh, that's that's fine. I, I I think you know if you if you examine the play, if you look you look back um, at, at the game in uh, against Washington, who's the best player on the on the ice? No question, Carey Price. He was perhaps he was the the only player that um, showed up. It's four one Washington. Um, so how can I say you know so so does that affect his save percentage? Does that affect his goals against? Yeah, four goals is doesn't doesn't help. 
But if you examine the play, best player on the ice, no question. Um, he was the only reason the Canadians were uh, close in, until the third period and had a chance in that game. Yeah, Stefan Wade went and talked. We discussed with the coaching staff and Stefan, our goalie coach, Wade um, uh, had a good talk with him. And uh, Kerry wanted to stay there. I respect the decision, and even more, I think I appreciate, you know, the the fact that uh, he, he wanted to stay there. It's one of those nights, you know. What you saw, it's a tough night, and uh, we all in this together, and we we, we all suffering. <laughs> tonight as a team. Pretty simple. So that was a question I was asked to the coach following the game against the Minnesota Wild uh, on why Kai Price was not pulled. And that too, just like it happens when, um, when on a 10 nothing loss against the Columbus Blue Jackets, why wasn't Montoya pulled back then? A lot of people were also asking themselves why Kai uh, Price wasn't pulled. And while well, the next day Kai Price was asked the same question. Rather just stick it out. You know, nobody else has the opportunity to get pulled from the game, so I'd rather just stick it out with everybody else. And Rick, personally, I found it okay that uh, Carey Price stayed the whole game is consistent. That's what he did with Al Montoya in the 10 nothing loss, so I wouldn't see why it wouldn't be any different when it comes to uh, Carey Price. Yeah, I, th- I think it actually was a little different in that that they were saving uh, Carey Price. You know, he, he had had an off day that day. He hadn't practiced. He hadn't, I'm talking about the the Columbus game. He hadn't skated. Uh, they wanted him to be ready the next night. And so left uh, Montoya and because price wanted to go in. He asked to go into that game to save Montoya. I think this is a little bit different in that, that, and, and um, I, I think it's fair to, to go to price and say, what do you, what do you feel? And he said, um, you know, uh, I just want to be if if um, we're going to lose, we're going to lose together, and and nobody else got a chance to get bailed out, and and I didn't want that either. Um, I'm going to stand with my teammates, and we're going to go down, go down with ship, and and uh, I'm I'm pleased that um, I think Taryn and Stefan Waite made the right decision with Montoya. Uh, in the Columbus game, and I think they made the right decision this week with with Carey Price. I had no problem with it at all. So you can let us know your comments via Twitter, at Times360, and we'll read them later on today's episode. So let's move on now to our winners. And, Rick, why don't you start with yours? Yeah, I'll keep it short. Uh, We had a a long segment on losers, so I'll keep it short. And and, um, I really liked uh, Arturi Lekkanen. I, I, you know, I've spoken about him uh, before uh, this uh, several times, probably this season against the Jets. Uh, he was the best player on the ice. No question. He was the best player in the ice two goals and an assist. Um, and he just looks, he doesn't look like a rookie. He doesn't look like, um, you know, he doesn't, he's not battling the inconsistencies or, or, intimidation uh, of the, the smaller ice surface or of, or of new opposition, or he looks very comfortable out there. He continues to play a strong game, both in uh, all, all areas of the ice. Um, he creates scoring chances. Um, he, he's a good playmaker. He's, he's uh, got a good shot. 
Um, he goes to the front of the net. Uh, I like everything about him. And um, he's been this week uh, when winners might've been a little bit harder to find. He was my winner uh, of the week and I'll give an honorable mention to San Andrigetto Andrigetto up and down this season to uh, the ice caps and and back uh, sitting in the press box a bit uh, mired on the, the bottom line, but, but when put into a, a position, a scoring, uh, a scoring line or, or a line with a bit of skill. Uh, he looked very much like an NHL player. Um, again, in that Winnipeg game, made an absolute superb pass to Brian Flynn for the um, Canadian second goal. Um, and he got a goal of his own uh, right in the first of the second period. So um, honorable mention to Sven Andrigetto this week. And uh, I'll agree with Lekkonen, three goals to assist uh, since our last episode. And while he's definitely earned to, to have his top six role that he has right now with the Canadians, Sven Andrigetto got his first goal, finally scored. But first, I still have to see more. Of, I'd like to see more out of uh, Sven Andrigetto before, I mean, uh, before he's on the good side, I should say. Uh, my winner of the week, well, it's... Um, it's somebody that I called out last week, so I think I just have to return a favor now. It's Thomas Plekanec. I called out Shaw a couple uh, a while back here in the Habs 360 podcast, and the next week he had a great great week. Uh, the same thing happened with with uh, Plekanec. I called him out last week, and well, he scored three goals. He also got an assist this week, and he just doubled his goal production in uh, this week. So it was a combination of myself calling him out. Last week on Hockey Night in Canada, Nick Kiprio said that uh, Thomas Plekanec will be made available was the combination of two, but I would like to think that I'm the one that made the effort because we know Thomas Plekanec, he's a fan of the show and he listens. And he he was probably very touched and uh, disappointed in himself for that I had to go to that point and uh, call him out. So Thomas Plekanec, Rick, he's my winner of the week. Yeah, I agree completely with you. I agree um, that he's a fan of the show. I agree that uh, he um, broke out of whatever slump he was in. And uh, great. He had a great week and uh, shows that, I mean, I I think he's been been fine. He's been okay. He's been uh, actually playing well on the defensive side of the puck, but he was able to have some offense this week. Um, And, uh, you know, take that monkey off his back. So, um, Great, great pick with Thomas Bogantz. I'm in full agreement. All right, so we're going to take our first break here on the Habs 360 podcast. Still to come, our question of the day, who have been your surprises and your disappointments for the Canadians in the first half of the season? You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360, and you can also leave us your comment on the All Habs Facebook page. But coming up next, Michel Therrien. He was named uh, to be a head coach at the All-Star Game. We'll tell your comments on that on the other side. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. 
a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs 360 podcast and Anthony from R2Canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season and will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of R2Canvas.com. Listen to the Habs 360 podcast and follow Habs 360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit R2Canvas.com. Good luck. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back. It's episode 194 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, January 14, 2017. My name is uh, Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris G. Martiniti, along with uh, Rick Steven from uh, allhabs.net. So earlier this week, uh, it was announced that uh, Shea Weber... And Michelle Terry will be joining Carey Price at the All-Star Game in Los Angeles at the, at the end, in a couple of weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there was no surprise about uh, Shea Weber. I don't think uh, anybody was shocked. We were all actually expecting it, that he'd be named uh, part of the team. And while Michelle Terry was asked about his thoughts on uh, going to the All-Star Game. Yeah, you know what? First of all, it's re- it's, it's very flattering. Uh, to go there, but I don't take it personally. I take it more like um, uh, the hard work of, uh, of our group, of our players, and uh, the hard work of my assistant coaches. Uh, we got a good bunch of leaders. We face adversity to the course uh, the first half. We're missing some players, but the leadership group has been phenomenal, and, um, and that's the way I, I, my mentality is right now because. Uh, uh, this is a good group. They work hard, and it's just I'm taking, like I said, really uh, it's flattering to go there. But I'm looking more the big picture, and uh, there's a lot of hard work uh, from players and coaches. And well, after the announcement, like um, anything good that happens to the Montreal Canadiens or to the coach Michel Tanier, the haters come out, and well, you know they say the usual comments. Thanks, it's thanks to Carey Price, it's thanks to Patretti, it's thanks to Radulov, it's thanks to Weber, it's thanks to this, it's thanks to that. It's pretty much uh, everybody Everybody else gets credit except for Michel Therrien. And I'm not here saying that uh, Michel Therrien is the best coach in the league because, you know, he's, he's not the best coach. But what drives me crazy is that he never gets 
any credit. I think his, his appearance in the, the All-Star game to be the head coach in uh, the Canadian division, which is the Atlantic division, I think it's, it's well-earned for, for Michel Tanier. Rick, what do you think? Well, he, he's there because of the rules. Um, and no other reason than, than because of the rules. Um, if, if we're back to a two-conference um, uh, kind of east against the west kind of he's, he, he, format, he's not there. Um, if, if we're there, if, if, if the coaches are seated on you know, their influence or their, what they've done or those kinds of things, he's not there. He's there because of the rules. And I, I respect the rules and I respect the change and, and I respect the fact that, that the Canadians are in a position that gives Michelle Terrian, um, you know, a reason to be there. Uh, he's not, it, it's, it's, you know, there were, there were fans out there that, um, um, Matt Smith, our, our great social media specialist, Matt Smith, uh, put out the roster uh, for the Atlantic. And so here's the roster, and, and it includes two Canadians, uh, Carrie Price and Shea Weber. And, and he got nasty comment. Well, don't forget about Michelle Therrien. He's a, Well, Michelle Therrien isn't on the roster, and he didn't earn it the same way players did. It's, it's completely different with coaches. Um, I've, I think you have to look at specific things, specific decisions that, that coaches have made that have been good or bad um, to evaluate a coach. And as you've heard me say, and, and there was twice today that I said that I agreed with Michelle Terrian, and he's made good decisions. Um, but I think it is fair to look at, you know, um, Michelle Terrian has, has, has uh, a lot to be grateful to Carey Price about. When you look at Michelle Terrian's record, if you want to talk about his record coming back second run with the Montreal Canadiens, looks pretty good. Take Carey Price out of the mix. Take Price out. And what's Michelle Terrian's record? What's his record when he has to coach, when he has to make decisions, when he has to when he doesn't have somebody bailing out his team, his winning percentage is 458. That's the same as the Vancouver Canucks this year. Exactly. Uh, are we talking about how great the Vancouver Canucks coaching staff is? We look at, at, at the penalty kill this year, 23rd in the season. We look at every season that, that um, Michelle Terrian has coached in the league, whether it's with Montreal or Pittsburgh or whatever, bottom, absolutely bottom of the league when it comes to shot. Uh, and, and yet he's known as a defensive coach, um, which always is bizarre. So Michelle Therrien has makes good decisions sometimes, and I'll give him credit when he does. Um, I think probably his best decision, if he was, if the stories are true and if he was in on it, bringing in Kirk Muller, uh, not only for his Kirk Miller's effect on the power play, which is uh, fifth or sixth uh, this season, um, but Kirk Muller's communication with the, the players. That's always been a Achilles heel of Michel Therrien. He doesn't know how to communicate to players. Um, Gerard Gallant took that, 
that role for a while. Uh, we saw how how difficult it was when there was no one in that role. Um, now Kirk Muller is in that, and if if Michelle Terrian played a role in getting Kirk Muller uh, to Montreal, good on him, great decision. And like I say, I'll be the first to congratulate him on good decisions. Um, and and you know, congratulations that you're going to the the All Star game. But don't think we should jump up and down and say, "Well, what a great coach," because it just the, the facts just don't bear out. Um, uh, I think he's a he's a good coach. I'm not saying he's a he's a great coach. Uh, when you say, "What would Canadians do without Terry Price?" You could put that excuse, uh, sorry, that reason, that logic for a lot of teams. And I say the same thing. What would, I don't know, the Capitals do without Ovechkin? What would the Penguins do without uh, Crosby or Malkin, or both at the same time? What would, uh, I don't know, the Blackhawks do without Thaves, or the Blackhawks, or, and then you can go on through the list and go on and on. And for sure, if your best player isn't playing, for sure it has an impact to, um, to the team's performance. This year, Canadians have had a lot of key injuries. They've had Yalchenyuk, who missed uh, 18 games. The Canadians had a record of 9-5-4 with, with an average 3.28 goals scored during that uh, time span. Other injuries, Markov, uh, Gallagher's recent injury. I'm going to put in the name of Davne, but I think Davne injured with Galchen at the same time. It's not of a big impact, but it, I think it does have some kind of impact, the fact that they were both out at the same time. Uh, Andrew Shaw was coming back tonight, and Shaw, right before his injury, he was on a good streak. It was, uh, I think it's eight points in his last nine games played. Earlier we were talking about the third pair of Canadian defense, Craig Patron, who's had a, a good yeah, he's had a good season. He's missed a, a lot of time. This year, Canadians, when Carey Price wasn't playing, they had a record of 6-4-2. and two. It's an over uh, record of... Uh, it's over 500, so I think it's, it's pretty uh, decent. And, Rick, even if you look with the current rules, right, because you can't change the All-Star Game rules, now he's there by default because the tickets with the number of points uh, per game is how they determine it. But let's say that part of the rule was changed. What other coach from the Atlantic Division do you think this year would uh, would would deserve to be the coach of the Atlantic Division? I I, I think that that um, I, I just want to go back to to what you said uh, a bit earlier, and you know. I hear that all the time that, oh, well, you know, you can't, you can't say that because what would other teams do without their top player? The other teams win without the top players when they have a superb coach Blackhawks in their Stanley cup winning series, uh, a season Taves. How many, how many games did he miss that year? They won the Stanley cup with Joel Quinville. Um, uh, Remember uh, when, when, pardon me? The Blackhawks are more stacked in talent than the Canadian guys. Uh, but but uh, so Bergevin's at fault for that, and yes, and Carrion is at fault for not uh, using the talent he has. Um, I, you know, it, we can do individual comparisons of of the lineups, but uh, the the 
fact is that Kenville gets gets out of his players the most. Tarion gets the best out of the fourth line players. He's not getting uh, who of the top players has has Tarion got. Uh, when have they had career seasons? You look at at just to to continue with. Um, look at look at the year that Lundqvist missed all those games. He was out for half a season. Uh, Vino was able to keep the the Rangers at the top. Talbot was was all of a sudden became this goalie that that had some demand. Have we heard of Talbot since? No, he insulated Talbot. He made changes. Uh, he did. He was he was a great coach. Well, Lundqvist was out. Look at last season. Mike Sullivan comes in. Penguins are missing their number one goaltender. And they win They win the Stanley Cup. Malkin was out for a while. Marc-Andre Fleury was out. Um, and they win with a, an age goaltender. This this impression that that um, Michelle Therrien is, is not able to you know, he doesn't have the elite lineup to work with. There's, there's other coaches out there who are making do with a lot less. Michelle Terrian can get the best out of Dale Weiss and get, get the best out of Ryan White and get the best out of Paul Byron. But he has trouble beyond that. And, and to win a Stanley Cup, you don't, you don't necessarily, um, you know, need your fourth line players having career seasons. You need your top players, uh, your, your, your top six having their best seasons. And Michelle Terrian, just wherever he's gone, he hasn't been able to do that. Look, you know, he leaves. Dan Bilesma comes in and is able to, with the exact same roster, win the Stanley Cup. Um, Terrian is, is just, he's, he's not an elite level coach. But like I said, we're talking about the All-Star Game, so I, I give them kudos for being there and enjoy, enjoy it. Enjoy your team. And remember, you know, at least he had the right things. It's his coaching staff and it's his team that, that gave him this opportunity. And I'm glad that he's, he's acknowledging that and respecting that. All right, so Michelle Perry make it to the All-Star game. Uh, this, uh, Michelle Perry debate, Rick, I'm pretty sure is going to come up again at some point during the season. So I think no. we'll, you think it won't? <laughs> <laughs> but I want to I wanna play a little bit of a clip earlier this season. And on the November 12th episode of the Habs 360 podcast, I spoke with, uh, with Louis Jean, and I want to end this portion of the segment with, uh, we'll, we'll, I'll call him the voice of reason, when I asked him, if uh, Michel Therrien deserves to get any credit for the team's success. you got to give a guy like Michel Therrien credit as well, because as you mentioned, I mean, you know, there's always, there's always going to be haters. Uh, it's like that in Montreal. You're never going to be able to appeal and appease everyone. That's just never going to happen, not in a hockey-mad market like Montreal. I, I'd be, to me, I'd be curious to see, you know, if you were to look at uh, Fire Blaschel or Fire Bob Babcock or Fire whoever, whichever other coach in the NHL, I'll bet you you'd probably find some because there's always going to be people and fans that uh, prefer something, you know, uh, other and other thing. And so, um, but you're right. I think you bring a really good point because Michelle Therrien um, had a tremendous amount of pressure at the beginning of the season. Look, if the Canes didn't get off to the start they did, if they were a 500 team, you there would be tremendous pressure. There would be huge outcry from the fan base that, look, 
you know, trade this guy, trade that guy. The coach is no good. His system is terrible. But, look, I mean, it's hard to argue with success. And so I'm happy for a guy who, you know, it took him a while to get back in the NHL, but he certainly made the most of it. And and I just did – I did a search back then, and I did find a Fire Babcock tweet, and I just did a search right now, and the last Fire Babcock tweet was on January 1st during the uh, the outdoor game. And if you do a search for a Fire Terry tweet, well, you find one from yesterday. Just look at the standings for both those teams, and then you, you have to ask yourself some questions. All right, we're going to take a break on either side. We're going to tackle our question of the day. Who are your surprises and disappointments for the Canadians for the first half of the season? And you can let us know via Twitter at Habs360. You can also leave us your comment on the All Habs Facebook page. And our phone lines are open. You can give us a call at one 877 You can tackle a question of the day. You can talk about anything more chalk names related. Stay with us. This is the Habs360 podcast featuring allhabs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Habs360 is proud to be a partner of Redwood Sites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. This is the Habs 360 Podcast. Featured on allhabs.net. This edition of the Ice Caps Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the St. John's Ice Caps, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. And 
Rick, the, uh, you're on the road uh, for the Ice Caps over the last couple of uh, weeks, and the Ice Caps finished a 10-game road trip. Why don't you give us your impressions, a wrap-up of, of the, the Ice Caps in the road trip? Sure. Um, it, it was a 10-game road trip, long road trip. Uh, they had a, a very short break for Christmas uh, sandwiched in between uh, halves of that road trip. Um, on the road, they ended up with a record of 5-2, two, 2-1. Two, and one. Uh, They differentiate the overtime and shootout losses in, in the AHL, as, which is an excellent road trip. Um, right now, they're sitting uh, third in the um, North Division, just behind it, Albany and uh, Syracuse. And uh, they're ahead of, um, um, quite substantially, eight points ahead of the Toronto Marlies. Um, I think that that uh, what's remarkable about that is, you know, we kind of forget that all the injuries in, in um, um, Montreal, we, we see the, the, the call-ups from St. John's, but we forget that other players have to fill in um, and that, that players get called up uh, to uh, the uh, uh, ice caps as well from, you know, either the Brampton Beast or, or other places in the ECHL. Uh, we talked about John McCarron last week uh, coming up from the Florida Everblades, uh, Mike McCarron's brother. Um, so when when we look at the, the top of the, the, the scoring um, overall in the season for the Ice Caps, we see familiar names, at least names that uh, we've seen come up and, and have their call-ups. Chris Terry. Chris Terry was placed on waivers today with the intent of, of him going back to the ice caps. There's Nikita Sherback and San Andrigetto. Um Mark Barbario is, is, is still up on the, uh, you know, the scoring race in, in for the, the ice caps, but there's names that we're not as familiar with, I guess. And they had to step in and step up while these call-ups happen. I just want to mention a couple of them. Max Freeberg, who's, who's the captain, who's an excellent um, two-way player, um, plays power play, plays on the penalty kill. Um, probably the, the person that uh, the smart, not only the smartest, but has the highest work ethic of any of the ice caps, um, really intelligent player. Um, and, and, uh, he's able to chip in the offense as well. Uh, Jacob De La Rose is able to, uh, you know, he, he has the role as a, as, uh, the, one of the, uh, ice caps, best defensive forwards. Uh, but with the call up, he's, he's was given some power play time and was ab- uh, actually, ab- uh, able to chip in in the offense as well. Um, he's now got three goals on the season, Marcus Eisensmead, um, who uh, we kind of, our eyes were open to him at the development camp a couple of years back where he scored four goals in a scrimmage. And we said, wow, who's is this guy? Where'd he come from? An undrafted player. Um, just in, in the last week or so, he signed a two-year, two-way contract with the Canadians. He stepped up his offensive game uh, substantially as he was given more of a, a first line role and power play role. Uh, Daniel Audet has been uh, a little bit raw, but, uh, but he's, uh, he's been great. Seven goals uh, in his, uh, in his season, but the, the, the player who makes this all work and the player who has contributed most to the uh, ice caps wins is Charlie Lindgren. He's having a phenomenal rookie season. 
remember, um, you know, it was kind of a news when Zach Fucali was sent to um, the Brampton Beast. Zach Fucali was kind of the heir apparent, but Charlie Lindgren has been superb. Um, Sylvain Lefebvre, when we interviewed him, said that Lindgren has been their MVP this season, and Charlie Lindgren has been uh, rewarded. He will be going to the uh, All-Star game in Allentown uh, later this month, uh, along with Mark Barbario, although they'll probably substitute uh, Barbario. Uh, Charlie Lindgren, Lindgren uh, in his rookie season, has been uh, the best Ice Caps player and uh, is really uh, the one who's contributed to, to where they are right now, which is in a playoff position. This edition of the Ice Caps Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the St. John's Ice Caps, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. All right, one of the questions that we asked here on uh, for this episode 194 edition of the Hatch 360 podcast is that the Montreal Canadiens are pretty much at the halfway point of the season. So we asked, who are your surprises and your disappointments for the Canadians when it comes to the first half of the season? And we'll check out the Twitter first, the uh, the Habsix Twitter account before we go to the All Habs Facebook page. And, well, we're going to get to it in a second. But one of the names that, uh, that came up, or is it? It's... Um, Okay, here we go. So, um, David Marshall from Connecticut, he tweets, McCarran continues to disappoint. So, what? Rick, I know you, you've seen McCarran more than, uh, than I have. I've seen him, what he, he's seen in Montreal, and he doesn't seem to be disappointed. He seems to be doing a, a good job, but you followed him for uh, most of his career, including with the AHL. What do you think about uh, that, that comment? Uh, I think that that particular gentleman needs to watch more hockey games. Um, Mike McCarron has been far from a a disappointment um, this season. Um, You know, he came into, uh, well, he he impressed at the rookie camp. He impressed at the the, the Habs training camp. He earned himself a spot on the team um, numbers-wise and because they wanted to protect the Number 51, they sent him to, to St. John's, and that was tough for him um, uh, season around. And, and um, you know, when, when he's been up, uh, I, I expected him to take long, given that he was, you know, um, not part of the lineup for the first 25 games or so. Uh, but he, he's, he's fit in quite well. There's not a whole lot he can do when he's playing eight and ten minutes on the fourth but I think that he's uh, acquitted himself very well. Uh, I, I think he's made an impact when he was out there. I think um, he's stood up for his teammates. He's, he's uh, helped create scoring chances. He saw some power play time where he uh, was able to, uh, it was Max Pacioretty's goal where, where you saw uh, Mike McCarron standing in front of the goaltender, doing exactly what he's going to do, kind of a glimpse to the future of, of once he, he gets more of an offensive role or moves up in the in the, the lineup, what he can do, I think he's he's again doing everything that uh, he's been asked to do. He's 
improved his skating. He's uh, playing a 200-foot game. Um, I think Mike McCarron has is, is, uh, is, is been you know, he's he's accepted the role and he's doing very well. Thanks for the tweet, uh, David. Uh, next tweet comes from uh, Mark twenty fifty seven uh, from Montreal. He writes, "Disappointment has been Gallagher. Surprises has been Dano and Byron." So thank you for the tweet. I'm not uh, surprised by any of those uh, of those names. Rick, what does it look like on uh, the Ohad's Facebook page? Yeah, just to piggyback on that, yeah, I think Gallagher. Uh, you know, I don't know what the, the the Facebook page is going to say, but I'd agree. Um, Brandon Gallagher, who you would have hoped would have been in the um, the thirty goal maybe season range. Um, I think that was the kind of the end. He's at six thirty nine games. You can talk about injuries, but he's really only missed four games, and uh, I think for for anyone Gallagher has to be the 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 disappointment um this season the facebook page the all habs facebook page uh, uh disappointed in gallagher uh surprised in uh deno byron and emily um uh disappointed in bergevin for not realizing this team is big enough up front and two side defense uh, Nathan Radisas says disappointment in Gallagher and Pocanet surprised at and Byron. Um, Laura Pachega says for me, Radulov was the biggest surprise. I think that was because of all of the negative um, talk about Radulov. If you've been following his KHL career, it should be no surprise. Uh, and Laura adds that Byron was no surprise whatsoever. He was awesome last year. Uh, Hilda Alejo says Placanitz um, is the biggest surprise. Uh, Jim Fisher said Shaw is the biggest disappointment this season. So, so those are some some good names on the uh, on the Facebook page. A couple of names that uh, all throughout there that I'm surprised that weren't. Uh, already mentioned. Uh, I'm su- I've been surprised with Alexi Emelin, uh, the way he's been playing with uh, with Shea Weber. I didn't think that that pair would uh, would work. I didn't think that uh, Alexi Emelin would be a good number uh, two uh, defenseman, but he's proved me wrong so far. I think the names of Dano Byron uh, that we spoke about uh, from our followers. I think those are the names, and I put in Radulov in there as a pleasant surprise because I wasn't expecting it. And for disappointments, it's the two players for me are Plakanitz and Brendan Gallagher. Plakanitz, he had a good week, but it was the only good week that he's had so far this uh, this season. Rick, has there was there any names that weren't already mentioned that you want to throw to either one of those lists? Yeah, I'll, I'll just reinforce uh, the Brendan Gallagher. Um, you know, Thomas Plakanitz. His job is is on the defensive side of the puck, um, and he's been doing the job there. There's there's no complaint about that, and and maybe his role in that respect has increased with the the, the loss of Eller. Um, with Brendan Gallagher, it's it's um, yeah, it, they're high expectations. His role is offense. His role is to put the puck in the net, and and uh, he's been you know working hard, but really. Getting it done. 
for the surprise for me, I'm, I'm going to stay away from a player. Uh, the surprise for me this season, hands down, been how does a team that is, you know, w- where it is, one of the top teams in the league, how does a team lose 7-1 to one to Minnesota Wild on January 11th? Lose 10 to nothing against the Columbus Blue Jackets on November 4th and win 10 to 1 against the Colorado Avalanche on December 10th. How is that even possible? You, you would have, it would be a surprise if you had one of those games in a season that, you know, a, 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 a blowout like that. The Canadians have had three and they've been on the wrong side uh, twice. Um, that, that's a huge surprise for me. And um, I, I don't, you know, hard to explain, but, but uh, I would have never predicted that the Canadians would be involved in three blowouts this season. And, well, the coach was asked, how's that possible? And here's what the answer was. Who knows? Yeah, so who <laughs> knows how that was uh, done. Players, uh, For sure, inappropriate comment. Very inappropriate as well. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so a couple of other tweets uh, that we got, a lot of them on the uh, price. Uh, one, the first one comes from uh, Tony in Toronto. He writes, let Kerry go peacefully to a Stanley Cup contender. This team is never going to win. And Our buddy Tony. Yeah, our buddy Tony. And I, I mentioned earlier that a lot of price haters come out when uh, the Canadians lose. Uh, a lot of them did uh, come out. Uh, Tim Alexander he writes, uh, in regards to uh, the loss against Minnesota, this has zero to do with price. Seven starters are out. So Tim blames the injuries. Uh, Jeff Stanzel, he writes, yes, Kerry Price is playing hurt. He has been awful for three games in a row now. Uh, next. Uh, okay, so that's it for the Carey Price tweet. I know a couple of tweets in regards to uh, Michel Carrier as well. Uh, Jesse Schrade writes, I'm fed up with Carrier. He needs to be fired. <laughs> and then uh, Brandon Morrison, whether uh, Michel Carrier deserves earned to be in the All-Star game, he writes, no. And we also have a... Um, the half three sixty poll question, which was, should we be concerned with Terry Price's recent play? I mentioned the stats earlier. Uh, the poll question right now, as it stands, it seems that most of our followers and our listeners are not concerned. It's seventy one percent say no, they're not concerned, and twenty nine percent say yes. And a tweet related to that topic comes from Colin King, who writes are we being outshot, outplayed, or creating defensive lapses? If we are outplaying opponents, then some concern. So thank you for the tweet, Colin. And then we got another tweet for the winner of the week. I uh, I won't pronounce the uh, the Twitter handle because, like Terry mentioned earlier, it's very inappropriate. But it writes, winner of the week, price. And then... Nobody else has the opportunity to get pulled during a game, so I'd rather stick it out. So that's a quote that we heard earlier from Kerry Price. So and he, and he hashtagged that leadership. So he was uh, very impressed with Kerry uh, Price's attitude after that game. So thank you very much, everybody, for your uh, tweets and your comments on the uh, All Habs Facebook page. Listen up. 
It's time for some bad tweets on Hams 360. So, Rick, we just read a couple of good tweets, but you did find a bad one. A bad tweet. And um, as you said, the, the, the odd ones come out when, when uh, there's any kind of discussion about Carey Price. Um, this one's from Alexander Somerville. His Twitter handle is Sir Somerville. So we have some uh, royalty in our midst. Um, uh, Alexander is a writer, a gamer, a television and movie enthusiast, and a recovering chocolate milk addict. So if you know anything about who else was a chocolate milk addict, um, and the, it'll explain this tweet, I think. His tweet, the best one chosen as a candidate for a bad tweet of the week, he says, I hear that Yaroslav Halak is available. Um, which, as you know, uh, Halak was uh, put on waivers and nobody claimed him. And, um, yeah, I guess he's uh, – I'm, I'm guessing it's sarcastic, but uh, Yaroslav Halak was also known as a chocolate milk addict. So maybe they, they have some kinship there. Um, that's the one that I chose as the candidate for a bad tweet of the week. Uh, we're going to do a bonus this week. There's a tweet that I found as well. It comes from a Big ZZ1222 making his uh, second appearance on the bad tweet of the week segment. So at one point, you think that he does it on purpose. Who knows? But uh, Big ZZ, this was uh, during the game against the Minnesota Wild. He writes, he deserves to be bashed. He's the most overrated athlete in the history of <laughs> pro sports. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he, he's talking about Carey Price. So, uh, a price hater. Like I said, Price, I find that he's had a bad week, a bad stretch. I think you can't deny the, the stats from the last the six, uh, six, seven cards, sorry. But it's not to the point where Carey Price needs to be traded or, or anything. He, Carey Price is the best goaltender in the world. Okay, if you want to, let's say, he's a top goaltender. He's an elite goaltender, and no way that the Canadians should uh, do anything with uh, with Carey Price. And we all know that he's going to get he's going to get out of this funk. And maybe it might even happen tonight against the New York Rangers. And speaking of the game against the New York Rangers, good news for the Montreal Canadiens that you mentioned earlier: Alex Galchenyuk and Andrew Shaw are back in the lineup. And while we'll see what kind of impact they have, and if we look just at the power play that they practiced uh, this morning in Brossard, we're expecting to see Galchenyuk play at the point and uh, Andrew Shaw to play at center, obviously talking about the first power play unit. So looking forward to uh, to seeing that. And Rick, these guys should, should be some positive for the Canadians. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome back. And... Uh, um... Um, help with the the offense particularly and uh, and the power play four forwards on on the power play. Um, thank you, Kirk Muller. Um, Canadians are sixth in the league on the power play this season. So there you go. The parting Michel Terry shot before we go. Rick, <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much, Rick. <laughs> it was a great show, Chris. Thanks a lot. See you next week. And uh, thanks to everybody who sent us in their tweets and their comments on the All Hats, All Hats Facebook page. And more importantly, thank you to all our listeners for listening to Hats360, the most informative and interactive podcast that you'll find. My name is Chris G. Former Twitter at Chris1980. 
We're back next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, for episode 195. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.